Grace. This is your co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And Elizabeth Connor, we've got some reading to talk about this week, but before we do that, why don't we talk about what we haven't been reading? What's your life been like? Um, life's been... Life? Uh, I don't know. Like, it's just been, like, mundane. Oh, sure. But, I mean, you know, not in a bad way, just in a normal way. Yeah, I think a little bit of mundanity is kind of what the doctor ordered at this point. But, uh, yeah, things have been pretty even killed over on our end as well. Uh, no big sort of spikes in terms of, um, and just sort of social life or what have you. I, uh, did start playing a new game the other week, um, are you familiar at all with, uh, the video game Undertale? No. Alright. Well, there's this game came out like six years ago called Undertale. It was kind of a big deal. And, uh, back in 2019, the creator, the game was, it's pretty much designed by one dude, or largely by one dude, named Toby Fox. Back in 2019, he released his follow-up project called Deltarune, and, uh, a game that seems to be of a model where he produces a new chapter uh, about maybe four or five hours in length every couple of years mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. And uh, the second chapter of that game just dropped the other week. He did it sort of a surprise thing where he announced it 24 hours before it was set to drop. Mm-hmm. And I uh, figure he must be making some good Undertale money because he was able to release it and the first chapter both for free on uh, all uh, available platforms so I've been playing through that it's a pretty fun game it's one of those sort of uh, art like your choices matter style games where as you progress you can opt to do certain things and that will impact like the flow of the story or the tone of the narrative mm-hmm. so I um, have been sort of playing the standard uh, like benevolent mode where you just go through the game being nice to everybody uh-huh. but uh, it's one of those games where you can like be nice and like try and bring out the best in people or you can just straight up murder oh okay and, uh, the game will more or less account for your decisions in that regard mm-hmm. but uh, I hadn't seen much in terms of what the game looks like on the darker end of the spectrum I've just been uh, over here in everybody's nice land. Okay. And, it's nice uh, to be yeah. nice. I haven't finished it. I was sort of putting in about maybe 40 minutes to an hour most evenings after work. And then uh, when I was getting up towards the end, I figured I'd finish it all in one go. And then things just sort of started getting hectic the last couple of days. So wasn't really... Uh, able to finish it off but I'm I will have by the next time we get together so been enjoying that okay and uh that uh that's that's about it for my immediate non literary diet uh how about you been watching anything or um just football baseball uh sports are still very much alive and well in this house um all right been going to some baseball, like some of Andrew's baseball games, because he's doing like a fall ball league. 
Okay. So we've been going to That's those fun. games. Um, yeah, it, baseball's weird like that. Like, it starts up in the summer, but it ends in the autumn. Yeah, well, see, normal rec league is like, like, it starts in like, I don't know, March, April, and kind of goes through May. Uh, and then, you know, if you do all-stars and stuff, like, that is pretty much, like, securely in the summer. But then you can also do, like, a fall league baseball, which is, like, a totally separate thing. Okay. Um, and, like, not as many kids do it, so um, it's kind of more of, like, a developmental thing. Sure. Uh, and, and, you know, just a way to for the kids to, like, practice skills. Yep. Um, so, anyway, we've been going to some of those games. Uh, I think the most exciting thing that's happened to me is I had a kid um, at my preschool. I had a kid, like, run out of my classroom. Oh, no. Was he okay? He was fine. He just decided he didn't want to be there anymore. All right. So, well, he I ran guess. out of the classroom. He ran into a different classroom. Uh the teacher when she brought him back to me she was like yeah he ran into the room and one of my kids like tackled him to the floor oh wow sounds like he's preparing for college <laughs> yeah you ever have that like when you first started at college and like after a few weeks or months you sort of start to realize i don't necessarily need to be here right now yeah like nobody's gonna like call my parents and complain that I wasn't in class today so yeah yeah but uh yeah I mean I hope I hope he's doing all right he's fine there's there's a whole backstory there that I'm legally I legally cannot get into ah okay so you know just yeah righty well uh if um that's all you have to say on the matter, how you want to get into the books? Sounds good. Okay, then. Well, we've uh, I've got a reading challenge to tackle this week. Um, did you feel like taking care of your uh, business before or after? I can take care of my business before because I've got a lot of business. Okay, well, I'll, le I'll let you at it. Okay, so in the interim since our last episode, I've read 12 books. Okay. I'm just gonna be over here in a, a heap. Cause you remember how last time I was like, you know, I think I'm getting kind of tired of reading romance. Like, I think it's time for me to branch out into different things. What'd you branch out into? I didn't branch out into anything. I just found a new romance series. Okay. Well, and I've just been it. like tearing through it. Um, All right. And then I read, like, a couple of other, like, just, like, a smattering of some other books uh, that are also right. still in the romance, but, um, yeah. and one of them I'll talk a little bit more in depth about because I really liked it, but it, okay, so it's, there are three different series. First of all, the author is um, Jolie Vines. I think okay. she's, like a, like, exclusively, like, a... Like an e, like an ebook publisher or ebook author. Right. Um, so she has, 
she is the author of at least three uh like interconnected series so like the first series is called mary the scott and there's like five or six books in that series um and mary the scott like all of those books are about uh the mccray family and uh like a friend like some friends of theirs uh the fitzroys um yeah so the first series is getting all of the McCray men married off plus um james fitzroy who's like you know a good family friend um so that's the whole that's the first series and then the second series uh is called what's it called here it is it is a oh, wild scots and so then the second series is the wild scots series and these books all have to do or all have to deal with the children of the pairings from the mary the scott series okay and then the third series which is going to happen a little later um i guess has to deal with like the grandchildren or like some of the younger children from the from like the very first series so anyway they're all interconnected and it's kind of like set up generationally yeah okay i have i have a reference i could make but it uh it just seems a little too outside of the realm of you know okay so uh I'll just let it. I'll just let it pass by. But any any listeners who are uh, are sort of piqued by that sort of intergenerational storytelling might uh, might be able to pick up what I'm alluding to. Is this like an anime thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh boy! Wait, is this but the reason also, why Naruto uh, keeps coming across my like, <laughs> like my Facebook? Yeah, I still don't understand what all these Naruto memes you're alluding to have to deal with. I don't know where they came from. Okay. I just well, I like got on Facebook one day and I see all of these like Naruto and Baruto and I don't know who Sasuke is and. <laughs> I and I don't know what's happening, and I'm like, why is this on my Facebook? Okay, well, if you if you ever just find yourself with absolutely nothing better to do, and you just want to get lost in like a wiki hole or what have you, uh, do a little googling of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. Okay, but uh, for the t- but yeah, let's let's get back to the matter at hand. These uh, Scott books. Um, based on the titles, am I right in assuming that they're Scottish? Scott yeah, related? they're yeah, they're Scottish, and then some are. So, like the McCrays, like they are very firmly Scottish. Like, um, there is a clan McCray. One of the characters is a chief, is like the chieftain of the McCray clan. Another character okay. is like the laird of the McCray family. Um, they own a mountain. Mm, wow, um, they that's... own multiple castles. Uh, the Fitzroys, um, it, it's an it's the Fitzroy earldom in England, and like they're super yeah. rich. Okay, 
But yeah, it's so, it's pretty uh, much to do. Yeah, they're pretty much all Scottish. Okay, that's cool. Is it um and like heirs of uh, what you call them, uh, Bridgerton? Um, it's more modern. Okay. See, and that was and that was another point I was gonna bring up. So like you're reading, you're reading the first series, which is marrying off uh, the Fitzroy, the Fitzroys and the McCrays. And it's yeah. very much like modern storytelling. You know, they talk about having tablets. They talk about uh, having cell phones and stuff like that. And then it gets to their kids. So obviously you assume that like 20 something years has gone by because the kids are, you know, in their early 20s getting paired off. But yeah. the timing still seems very similar. Okay. So maybe it's... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just very optimistic about the way the world is going. Maybe. And they never, you know, they never talk about, they never bring up a date. Okay. Like, dates are never mentioned. Okay. Um, the only thing that's ever mentioned is, like, passages of time. Like, so many months has gone by, or so many years have gone by. Huh. But it's not like, this happened in 1994. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, how's the books anyway? They're good. Um, I feel like I don't remember where I heard this, but I just remember hearing this that like, I remember hearing one time, if you are a woman and you just want, and you want to get married, then you need to find an Englishman or a Scotsman or an Irishman because they are just built for marriage. Okay. Like I I don't know. It was it was very much like a stereotype. It was like, you know, these it was basically like those nationalities are you know, they they don't, you know, they they're very much like they find a girl, they meet a girl, they date a girl, they like a girl, they get married. Yes. Um they don't do all of the I don't know. And it's a stereotype. Like, basically, they don't do all of the, like, you know, there's no F-boy culture. There's no, like, fooling around, all this stuff, which I don't know how true that is. It's probably not true at all. Um, yeah. But these books very much, like, give me those vibes. Okay. Like, these men, like, when they meet, like, when they meet the their, you know, their female counterpart, they fall hard and quickly. All right, so sort of a uh, a hallmark way of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you read um, how many books in that series? Uh, I've read seven. Seven. All right. Wow. So you still got a fair bit to talk about even after that. Yeah. Um. And then I did read a, a historical romance yeah. that I wanted to touch on briefly. Um, it's by Brie Wolf, and it's called okay. Despised and Desired. And, Sorry, I had to yawn. Ugh. Oh, you're good. And, yeah. um, you know, this takes place in, like, this takes place very much in, like, the Bridgerton era. Sure. And, um... 
I don't remember the characters' names. I hate to say that, <laughs> but I don't. Oh, okay. Um, well, but like, is, uh, that, in, is that does that in, uh, speak of the book itself? Or? No, 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 no. The, and that's the other thing. That's the thing is like the book was great. Um, I fit okay. Hold on, it's it's starting to come back to me. <laughs> I feel like the girl was Ellie, and it was short for like Elspeth or Elsbeth or something. It's not Elizabeth. It's like Elsbeth. And the man's name was James? No. His name was his name was Rick. Because it was short for Frederick. Okay. 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 So you've got Frederick and Ellie. And um... I think... I think we've stumbled on a new idea for a podcast. It's just you, like, trying to remember romance novels in the most, like, oblique way possible. <laughs> How is that? Just on that note, is that a thing with, like, romance novels in general, having characters with names that are short for something? Um, I would say that's pretty, yeah, I would say that's pretty common, because uh, in the Scottish series I was talking about, in the second series, um, one of the characters' name is Lennox. And um, mm-hmm. his family, like his sister, he's got a twin sister. Um, she calls him Len. But all of his army buddies call him Knox. Okay. So, like, very rarely is he actually referred to as Lennox. Okay. Yeah, that's um, an interesting trope. I, I feel like I've only just sort of now picking up on it. Yeah. And, um, so, this book was super, so this, uh, desire, despised and desired, or, yeah, uh, it, this was very interesting because Frederick, at the bo- at the opening of the book, Frederick has just returned to England, um, from war, like one of Napoleon's wars. Yeah. And and you know, homeboy's got PTSD. Like he saw like his his best friend joined him um in battle. He saw his best friend get shot down by a cannon. Um mm. and he's got survivor's guilt. He's got PTSD. Like it's just awful. He is he is not coping and he is you know, he's got uh He's got suicidal thoughts. Um, The only reason why he comes home is because his father had passed away. And then as soon as he gets home, his older brother passes away. Which means that Frederick has to inherit the title. um, Because I think they're not dukes. I feel like they're... It's like he's like a Viscount or a Marquess or something like that. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely getting the Bridgerton vibes. Um, so anyway, you've got Frederick who now is, you know, like he's inherited the property that he doesn't want because he's like, all I want to do is like die. And he's like, well, I have to produce an heir. So his mom's like, cool, I'm gonna set you up. I got the perfect girl in mind. And so she sets him up in an arranged marriage with Ellie. Okay. Ellie was the survivor of a house fire. (laughs) okay so i'm sorry it's just like sort of gets kind of ridiculous after a while 
<laughs> so she is physically disfigured. Oh. Because um, she's got because she had to run into the fire to save her younger brother. Okay. And so is this she's like got... romance novel disfigured, where it's like that girl in uh, Ready Player One. Oh, with the with like the, the birthmark. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like treated like she's the Phantom of the Opera. No, this girl, she's got like actual like burn scars like she talks about having to use lotion because her skin gets tight and itchy um and you know how she how now she has to like wear dresses that have long sleeves and high collars even if the weather doesn't necessarily permit it because she doesn't want other people to be uncomfortable with her scars okay so like her scars go like all the way from her arm like her hands and arms her chest and, like, the bottom portion of her face. Okay. Like, I think kind of, they kind of stop, like, um, you know, like, at her lower lip. Okay. In terms of her facial scarring. Um, yeah. But, you know, she's kind of gone through this as, like, yes, I went through this. It was terrible. I don't like that I feel like I'm ostracized by people because of my scarring. But, like, I'm still me. And I just wish that other people would see that I'm still me. So, like, she is actually very healthy in terms of her, like, where she's at mentally. Okay. And anyway, the two of them end up getting married. Um, Right. And she basically, like, has to spend the entire book, like, fixing him. Okay. Because she's... because, like, them getting married is, like, chapter five, right? I don't even know that it happened that late. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so but yeah, they, it, so they get married like good. super, super quick. Um, one way that this book was different than other romance novels I've read is it was like very not spicy. Okay. I mean, this, I would like rate it like a one on the spicy scale. All right. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair change of pace. Um, like I would feel comfortable giving this to a high school student. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, that was that makes eight books. Yeah, and then um, and then the other ones were like one was, you know, it, one was about like a girl gets into a graduate school program, so she ends up moving in with her best friend's twin brother who is a very is very successful and he owns an IT company and he's always had a crush on her and anyway then they end up getting together um that one was called Match Me Up and it's by Weston Parker uh another one this is actually a lot more tame than the title yeah. alludes to it's called Hot for Teacher okay by Whitley <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just, it was just like the the utter disgust of that. Okay. No, I I I thought I was being fairly nonchalant about it, but then I kind of got swept up in the idea of like books with outrageously loot, like 
lascivious titles <laughs> just being sort of milk toast. Yeah. So this book is Hot for Teacher by Whitley Cox and um and it's about a girl, I'm sorry, a woman, not a girl. Let's let's make that very very clear. Um right. she's in her 30s and she okay. runs into her former high school teacher where you know like she was a senior and he was a first year teacher so they're they're like 7 years apart. Right. So it's not yeah, it's weird when you're 18 and 25. It's not weird when you're 33 and 40. Right. You know. So she's, you know, she's like 33. She's got a 15-year-old daughter herself from her first husband who has passed away. Um she runs back into this teacher and he is like apparently grown into himself and he's like super super hot and they develop a relationship. Um what else is there? There's a and then the last one was um it's called Keeping My Bride by Angela Snyder and it's a mafia romance. Um and again it's okay. like an arranged marriage. It's the son and the daughter of two um enemy mafia groups and modern day mafia or like uh like uh prohibition era modern day mafia okay so um basically like their grandfathers the patriarchy of both mafias set it up in their wills that in order for the families to keep their wealth um yeah a member of each like a member of each immediate family has to like they have to get married to each other okay so that happens and they get married and they don't like each other at first like he just like straight up hates her um and then they uh, then they realize like they're physically attracted to each other and then that kind of develops into oh my gosh real feelings um oh yeah and then they actually go on to have a very happy communicative marriage okay so yeah so yeah all right so that's 11 books down if my count is at uh let's see here there was i read 12 let's see here one two three four you said you read seven of that one series oh no i'm sorry i read eight i read eight of the scottish books Alrighty then that's uh quite the plate yep and uh i think we can start talking about some stuff i've been reading but before we do that why don't we take a quick break all right sounds good yep and if you want to hear an ad in this part of the episode i don't know uh email us at yourwordspodcast at gmail.com uh I mean, we get, like, emails from, like, bots, I think, representing various, uh, I don't know, podcast distributors mm-hmm. that uh, I just sort of ignore because I don't really, really know what's what's going on. But, uh, yeah, presumably, eventually, someday, we'll um, be able to start putting something in these little uh, interstitial things. But yeah. for the meantime, we just sort of stop talking, and then uh, more often than not, we'll have a little conversation, or sometimes like this, we'll just 
have one of us talk for a little bit and then very organically lead us back to your words against mine a competitive reading podcast between siblings mm-hmm. we just got done talking about elizabeth's books and now i was gonna start talking about what i read which par for the course i read two books in the last two weeks and uh i'll be talking about the book i read for my reading challenge shortly but first i want to talk about a book by one of elizabeth's favorite authors it's as i lay dying by william faulkner okay you know i'm not saying i hate faulkner i'm just saying i did not I did not like Absalom Absalom. Right. I'm sure Faulkner is wonderful, but that book was not for me. Certainly not in high school. Certainly not in high school. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if this book would be for you because it is unhinged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, As I Lay Dying is set in like... Uh, I guess the 1920s or 1910s, maybe even like late 1800s, I'm not sure. It's uh, that whole period. It was written in like the early to mid-1920s, so it could be contemporaneous. But uh, it follows the um, the exploits of the Bundren family, who uh, live in this uh, Mississippi town, I want to say. Uh, it's just your sort of typical that period in time, like southern like country town uh-huh and uh, as the book is opening the family is preparing for the death of its matriarch Addie who um middle-aged late middle-aged like she's not old but she's like got something wrong with her and so she's getting ready to pass on and uh, as the book opens like the family's uh debating like whether or not to go off and like do work uh while she's like in danger of slipping away they're like trying to prepare for her funeral arrangements and uh the whole conceit of the book is that uh prior to her death Addie tells her husband Ants that um she wants to be buried in her hometown which is like like a good like couple days away at best Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, every character in this book is just sort of, like, weirdly intense and irrational mm-hmm. with regards to, like, I, and I guess you could, like, posit that a lot of these characters' behaviors throughout the book are manifestations of grief and, uh, sort of, um, like, repression. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway... Early on in the book, Addie just dies, and uh, they they have to um, like get her coffin made and get her buried. And in accordance with her wishes, the family, or specifically the father, commits to having her buried in her hometown. But on the night of her death, there is a flood that washes out like almost all the bridges leading from their town to the one uh, Addie grew up in. Mm-hmm. So what would have at best wound up just being like a couple of days ride 
in a uh, carriage yeah. winds up taking over a week. And it's just this very weird and sort of like antisocial family traveling around with a coffin with their dead mo like mother in it. And things just get worse. So this uh, sounds like a depressing, um, like, and I, I mean, I, I, you, it is sort of sad and depressing, but like the degree, the depravity of this book sort of like almost makes it like lessens the impact of that. Uh huh. Like, for instance, there's a uh, one like, like point midway through the book where they have to ford a river with the uh, coffin on the back of this wagon. Uh-huh. And um, the 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 wagon gets broadsided by a log coming down the river and the whole thing flips over and they manage to rescue the um, the coffin from the river but both of the mules uh, pulling the cart are killed. And one of the sons of the family breaks his leg. And then uh, from there they have to sell off most of their... They have to mortgage most of their possessions to purchase new mules for their carriage. And then because the son's leg is busted, the father like, is, like doesn't want to waste time taking him to a doctor. Uh-huh. So he just picks up the stuff he thinks he'll need to produce a cast for his leg, which is just like quick dry cement. And he pours that over the broken leg and within like a day or two, it starts to fester and they have to cut the son's foot off. <laughs> yeah, this is totally going where I had imagined. Yeah, um... and, I, and I left out stuff before and after that point. So... What it I was, is, yeah. What I was getting ready to say is that this sounds like a very depressing um, Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it almost reads like. Uh... Oh man, are you at all familiar with the aristocrats joke? I don't know that I am. Yeah, I wouldn't need you to look it up, but the inherent concept is it's this sort of shaggy dog story of mounting grotesqueries uh -huh. that just sort of culminates in like a sort of like disarmingly flippant punchline. Uh -huh. And this book is just like that. It's like so much stuff happens. Things just get worse and worse for these characters. And uh, they just have absolutely no sense of self-preservation or <laughs> like survival instinct seemingly. Uh-huh. And, like, the chapters are divvied up between all the various characters, so you'll get a bunch of different, like, internal monologues and perspectives on events. Uh-huh. And there is not a level head in the bunch of them. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure how strongly I could recommend it, but if you think you've got the stomach for it, it's... And it's also, like, I know the language of Absalom Absalom was kind of a turnoff for, uh for you at the time mm -hmm. and this book very much has a similar sort of way with words in in terms of like rendering the internal explicit yeah so uh 
all I can say is that it was a it was a hoot and a half. And, it was uh, a hoot and a half. Yeah, I, I, I sort of inclines me to seek out more of his stuff because even after all these years, Absalom, Absalom is basically the only book of his that I've finished. So, I mean, apart from this one, so yeah. I'd be inclined to check it out. Okay. But uh, that was that, and now I get to talk about the book I read for my reading challenge this yeah. week. And uh, did you want to remind people what my reading challenge was? Okay, so I challenged Thomas to um, go on to TikTok, specifically Book Talk, and to find an author on Book Talk um, promoting his or her wares and to read a book. Yep. And uh, I did just that. I went on to TikTok. I looked under the uh, book talk authors tab or whatever it was, mm-hmm. the hashtag, and I uh, just sort of scrolled around looking for stuff that piqued my interest, and uh, the one I came across was the account for a author named Ziran J. Zhao. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, but uh, she has a TikTok wherein she was advertising her forthcoming debut novel titled Iron Widow. And, uh, I, a lot of my reading this past week has been catching up on it because it didn't actually, uh, wasn't actually on sale until the 21st. So I've been reading it pretty much over the last four days. Okay. And I only just finished it a couple hours ago, but suffice it to say, it was well, it was well and engaging. So, uh, for those who don't know, um... Iron Widow, a debut novel by uh, Zhao. It is a uh, science fiction story set in like thousands of years in the future. And uh, it is heavily steeped in uh, Chinese sort of mythology and imagery. And it uh, takes place in a country that is being ravaged by these giant, uh, like, insect-like monsters named Hundun, and uh, to defend humanity from the Hundun, uh, the government of this country has uh, devised these giant, like, mechanical like uh, robots that are powered by key energy that these people uh, can wield. Mm -hmm. And the way that the machines are powered specifically is that two pilots are required to uh, like power them a man and a woman and they sort of like inhabit like a yin yang style uh, energy balance uh, in controlling these robots Mm -hmm. but uh, the problem with the robots is that the way that they are designed is they uh male pilots are the ones in charge basically mm-hmm. and the female pilots are essentially like drained of their energy and more often than not are killed in the process of piloting these uh, robots yeah so the book opens up with a pretty um substantial trigger warning with regards to like themes of uh like assault and abuse mm-hmm. and the 
like piloting system for these robots is very much an analog for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, as, as the book begins proper, the main character, uh, Zhe Tian Wu, is um, this uh, young sort of uh, village girl whose uh, older sister was conscripted to be one of the female pilots, or as they're known, concubines, uh, for these robots. And basically the way it works is these uh, female pilots are enlisted by the army, and when they die in battle, their families are, like, given these, uh, like, payouts from the government. Mm -hmm. But um, apparently... Uh, Zityan's sister uh, died before she could even get into battle. Oh. Like she was... And it, and so the government doesn't pay out to the family. And so Zityan... It's all... It's basically all but stated outright that uh, she was killed by the pilot before going into combat. Mm-hmm. So Zityan... Uh, decides to offer herself up as a as a uh, concubine to try and get in close to this pilot who killed her sister and kill him in turn. Gotcha. So she uh, she she shows no she she goes about it uh, about four or five chapters in she's in with this dude. Uh, she's sort of ingratiating herself to him, getting close, sort of waiting for her moment to strike. And then the Hoondoon attack. And she gets dragged into the mech that this guy is going to pilot and uh, with her. And they sort of have this mind meld thing. If you've ever seen the movie Pacific Rim. Yeah. There's a big uh, sort of uh, element of that here. Where the two pilots like mental states are sort of linked. And so mm -hmm. there's this. Like, very uh, evocative sort of dreamlike state that Zetian falls into where she enters the male pilot's mind and sort of comes to learn more about, like, all the stuff he's done uh, over the years as a pilot. And so she manage while she's in his mind, she manages to wrest control of her, like, energy away from him and then confront him in this sort of mental realm that the pilots inhabit while they're piloting the ship. Uh-huh. And while piloting the ship, she manages to seize control and drain him of his energy to fight off all these giant monsters. So that by the end of the battle, she is the only pilot remaining alive. Oh. I.E. the Iron Widow. So then the story progresses with her... Sort of being, like, dragooned by the government and, uh, into, like, piloting this other ship with this other pilot named, uh, Li Ximin. Uh-huh. And, uh, all the while she's trying to, like, escape the fate that has all but been laid out for her. Like, the government is clearly just trying to, like, have her be killed off in battle. Mm -hmm. And, uh the um like the pilot that she's paired up with is like the most powerful pilot in the army and like a, like something like a dozen concubines have died fighting with him so she's like inclined to see him as a monster but then there's like 
like seemingly stuff about this guy's past that she's slowly learns about that sort of changes her understanding of him and his position and all this right and uh then there's a third uh figure named uh gal yizi yizi and uh he's this sort of wealthy uh city boy who uh would come in from the city to the mountains outside of her village and who she met at like a young age and befriended over the course of a couple years. Uh-huh. And once she gets conscripted as a pilot, he reaches out to her and starts acting as like a benefactor uh-huh. to try and help her out and see her through all this. So very quickly, the story sort of uh, attains a love, trial, uh, love triangle dynamic mm. that uh, it does some pretty interesting stuff with. And... Uh, yeah, I won't say much more about the plot. I think I've got it got you up to about like uh like the second act thereabouts. Yeah. There so um so that's all going on and then um suffice it to say I read like the last 120 130 pages today in like a big sprint to get it finished for this episode. Uh-huh. And the book goes to some places in its final act that really just sort of lends itself well. The book it reminded me most of is um, that novel by N.K. Jemisin, uh, the, the, um, in the Broken Earth, the fifth season yeah. from the Bro- Broken Earth trilogy. I still have not read Which, that. Yeah, I really enjoyed the, bro- uh, the fifth season, and um, I think there's some really strong... Uh, points of comparison between the two especially just in terms of like the scale of the narrative as it develops uh-huh and uh so yeah i really like this book it's cl- it's obviously being set up as the first in a series so i'm looking forward to seeing what the next one will develop okay and uh yeah and it's interesting like you called me out on making anime references earlier because in the um acknowledgments of Iron Widow, uh, uh, Ziran Zhao pretty explicitly cites, like, the anime that inspired a lot of the premises for this book. Uh Uh-huh. So it's got, it's definitely got that kind of energy about it. But, uh, especially, like, in terms of, like, the dramatic, like, raising of stakes. Mm -hmm. And the, like, conceptualizing of a lot of the action. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was great it's really i think you'd probably really enjoy it i know i uh said a lot up front that there's like some pretty heavy like abuse and assault allegories Mm -hmm. and uh straight up like it never revels in it like it's very much a part of the plot but i think it feel i feel like it deals with it pretty tactfully Mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah so i think it's my my interest has been peaked Oh yeah, I definitely think it's something you'd be uh, in- inclined to check out. So I'll, I can loan you the copy of the book I picked up. Okay. Yeah. So I'm happy to have read this TikTok discovery, and All right. uh, looking forward to what my next challenge will be. Uh, just gonna give you a heads up. I cannot tell you what my word count is for this week because I read at 
uh, as I lay dying via e-reader. Uh-huh. And I'd uh, prefer to try and get a word total from a hardcover edition, but okay. I wasn't able to get by the library to check one out. Okay. And uh, I haven't, like I said, I just finished uh, Iron Widow a couple of hours ago, so I haven't had a mo uh, chance to sit down and, like, count its numbers out. So okay. um, I'll just uh, uh, hold off on giving my word totals for the moment. But mm -hmm. if you had yours ready, you could go ahead and let yeah. us know how things are going. Um. So in the past, so since the last episode, like I mentioned earlier, I've read twelve books uh, for a total of eight hundred forty-two thousand three hundred and thirty-four words, uh, which brings okay. my word count up to. Seven million twenty thousand six hundred and thirty-four words. All right. And uh, now, do you want to tell everybody what my next reading challenge is going to be? Yes. Hello. <laughs> I'm still here. Okay. I was trying I did, to hold... I wasn't sure if you were, like, being dramatic or trying to think up something. No, I was trying to go for, like, the whole awkward silence thing like you were doing last time. Oh, yes. That bit I was very much going for. <laughs> uh, so what you... So what you... What you... What you got? <laughs> what you... What you... What you got? Um, okay. So... Your challenge for our next episode. Um, I, th I actually think you're going to do pretty well in this challenge. I think you're going to like this one. Um, okay. Your challenge is to read two works of fiction published before 1950. All right. Two works of fiction prior to 1950. Mm -hmm. uh, any... Um any sort of like inspiration for this or framing um thing or kind of so t i don't know why i'm like this but i tend like sometimes i will issue challenges with books that you know with books that i like or with books that or with methods of finding books that i use um and then sometimes i'm like i want to throw out a book that I struggle with, or I want to throw out a type of book that I struggle with. And I struggle with reading and with staying focused on books written prior to 1950. Okay. And I don't know if it's a thing, not, not all the time. Um, if you remember, I read, uh, the suicide club earlier this year for one of my challenges and okay. I did just yeah. fine with that one. Um, but I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a language thing. I don't know if it's a pacing thing. Um, I don't know what it is. But it's something right. that I struggle with, and I'm kind of hoping that maybe if I assign it as your challenge, that maybe it'll like motivate me, because I'm kind of hoping you'll come back with some good recommendations. Okay. Well, I will try not to let you down, and okay. I look forward to. Uh, checking out some uh, old books. I've got a bunch of like Penguin Classics and New York Review Book editions laying around that I need to crack into. So probably be able to find something in all of them. Yeah. yeah. See, look at there. You don't even have to go shopping. 
Yay. All right. Well, it's getting pretty late. It is. I'm thinking we need to all tuck in and say good night. But before we do, Elizabeth, why don't you let our listeners know where they can find us? Sure. So you can find us um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Your Words Podcast. You can also find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can also get in touch with us if you email us at yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. And we've got a TikTok, which I have not done anything with yet. But uh, we'll see. I'm thinking I might splice some pieces of episodes out for a start and uh, then just see where we go from there. Sounds good. So now you can check us uh, out on TikTok. Yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, I long for the day we can hire, like, a social media manager to do all this stuff for us. I know. Like, you hear about people, like, getting jobs as social media experts, and you're like, what do you even do? And then you get something that needs to be advertised, and you're like, oh, you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brian has, um, Brian's asked me with his, like, cards, or with his sports card stuff, he'll ask me, like, questions about Instagram, and I have to sit there and, like, try to explain it to him, and then I'm like, man, I really wish we had a social media, like, a social media uh, marketing expert, because I'm sure they would do a lot better job of explaining it than I am. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe one day when we hit it big, we pull in those juicy subscription numbers and have all the advertisers chasing after us. Yep. The sticks. We don't want them chasing after us with sticks. I'm I'm tired. I'm I'm very tired. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to call it in now. Thank you for listening. And as always, Elizabeth, say that nice and okay bye bye